0: Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. Now, I hope this podcast makes any sense at all because we have so much ground to cover. Because my guest today is a dear friend from childhood. I mean, this is crazy. And her name is Sherry Ulrich. And the two of us you know what, Sherry, I remember you in seventh and eighth grade. So we had to have gone to Davidson together. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. Did you go okay. to San Pedro? No, I went to Cole okay. because San Pedro was full. Okay. So Sherry, you guys, is from San Rafael, California. I mean, everybody, I know people be so jealous when we say that out loud.
1: I know, but it's, it's a pretty great place to grow up.
0: Great place. Then we went to high school together. And then, of course, like most people, we hadn't seen each other. But I think I saw you at the 45th High School reunion. Okay. And then, I don't know how it is, Sherry and I started sending each other our newsletters, which talk about success. I mean, talk about Success. So since then, we keep in touch because of the newsletter. And I asked Sherry, she said, oh, I'd be a guest on your podcast. And I said, well, I would love you to be a guest on my podcast. (laughs) So that's why Sherry is here today. And I need people to understand something. One, you've been on vacation and you're in Canada, but you live in Canada now.
1: Yeah. I live in Canada and I'm never on vacations.
0: <laughs> I know, no, no, I know. I to, people will give all the information to people about how they reach you and stuff. Sherry, when I read your newsletter, and I know Sherry, if I haven't said this, now I need to say this. Sherry is a songwriter and a musician and plays music fest. And how many instruments do you play? I don't know. A number of them. I always say I go for quantity and not necessarily quality. (laughs) No. And this is how I remember you. And this is something I have to tell people. Sherry's still beautiful, but she had this long blonde ponytail that was always in a perfect curl. You were like a Barbie. Yes, it was. Oh my God. I don't remember that. You were gorgeous. It was like you were a live Barbie doll. (laughs) Now, Being that I was always like a dark-haired Italian dumpling, you were oh,
1: God. burnt
0: on my retinas, okay? Well. I see you and think, oh, my God, that's what I was supposed to look like. Look what happened to me. Then the other thing I have to tell people, I never saw you in my whole life in any day at school where you weren't carrying your violin case. Oh, interesting. Always. And so sure it was in the bands and the music room and all that stuff. I was not. But that's what I always remember about you. So then, when I found out that you grew up to be a musician, I thought to myself, "Are you kidding me?" The girl <laughs> off. So okay. Well, okay. long introduction of you, and now you have to tell people what you do is a musician. <laughs> well, first
1: of all, I want to say how classically female it is that I saw you how you just described me and i saw myself as you described yourself okay so that's takes some therapy in itself um i am a touring musician as a solo artist and songwriter and then over the years i've had uh, side projects with trios of other solo artists uh always trios i love trios and um, yeah, so I'm always juggling that. And I'm also in a bluegrass band that, that does like three or four or five shows a year. So lots of, it keeps it very interesting.
0: Juggling. Now, honey, I, see, I know your daughter is also a musician, which is phenomenal. Yes. So you get to play together sometimes. And but you have to put all this together. I mean, one of the things when we've just connected, I see you're always looking for your next gig. Right? I mean, isn't that what a freelance musician does? Yes. Most, uh,
1: I'd say about 60, 70% of it comes to me and then the rest I fill in. So most of the work goes into finessing all that and, you know, sort of part travel agent, part road manager, um, part human, uh, what do they call it when you're in in a a company?
0: um, Yeah.
1: The department that looks after the humans.
0: Human resources. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> when I yeah. So it's all of that. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Now, the- obviously you love it and you still oh, God, love yes. it. I have, yes. I'm so impressed because we know that we're the same age. I'm assuming you're, I'm 71. I'm still
1: 70. I'm oh, still see. so young. Yes. You're, you are
0: a youngster. <laughs> I'm i very grateful. I mean, I'm knock on wood. I feel in good health and stuff. But since I retired from food styling a couple of years ago, I'm much slower than I used to be. I don't have, I'm trying and I'm enjoying it. See, at first I didn't think I'd enjoy it, but now that I am. So when I look at your schedule, I'm so impressed with what you're still accomplishing.
1: Well, I think it's true that the more challenge you have, the more work you need to do, the more energy you have. OK, uh, I did. I can't say that I slowed down over COVID other than so enjoying being home and, okay. and taking time to do things that okay. normally I would never take time to do. So COVID but,
0: has been horrible for you because all the festivals were canceled, weren't they? Well,
1: I, I'm supposed to say, yes, it was, but I really loved it. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. loved stopping because in the 50 years I've been doing this, I have never stopped. I don't take a vacation. I, when I tour, that's the payoff. That's the travel. That's the, the payoff of visiting friends and, and visiting places that I love and exploring. And that's my kind of travel. But um, yeah, that went, during COVID, it, it allowed me to actually stop all the planning and the booking and, and just be home. Like, I don't get to be home very much. And I love home. Yeah. So it was really restorative for me.
0: Oh, well, that's, honey, the first, the year that we, when we shut down for COVID, second marriage, Kenny and I've been married 29 years. We realized that year of COVID that we had never spent that much time together in the 29 years. And I'm not exaggerating. And at first, I mean, really at first I thought, Ooh, this could be, This could be interesting. And then as it turned out, we both developed our own patterns, which was fine. Do you know what I mean? And usually we come together for dinner. That's always our thing. We come together from dinner. We tell each other what we're doing that day and we come together for dinner. But I also, I found out that COVID let me let go of a whole lot of stuff that I used to do just to keep busy. Oh, interesting! Yeah, Yeah. kind of like a wheel in the mud. That's when I look back. (laughs) Like a wheel in mud, but I just kept spinning. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't directed or focused. But now,
1: tell me. Well, I just want—I just want to add that I think the thing about being this age is that we learn from everything. I mean, most—not everybody does. Not everybody's inclined to do that, but sees the positive sides, the silver linings, can take advantage of things that might seem like a burden and make them into an opportunity.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So what was your question? <laughs> no, we have to. I totally, we have to. Now answer me this. I know you have several CDs, how many? Now, have you produce all that music yourself? I have um, been involved in 25 CDs.
1: Nine of those are, are completely solo. And I had one producer for many years, Claire Lawrence and then I did a, uh, produced a couple myself on my own to see what I would create on my own. That's what Everywhere I Go was, Cindy and I mentioned that, or we we're talking about that. And, um, oh sorry, that's what the one before Everywhere I Go, because Everywhere I Go was the first one that I did with my daughter who was getting her master's in music and sound recording at Miguel. Oh my so God. she and- asked to produce this CD for me, and, and which was related. very successful. Latest. No, it's the, the one before, and it won lots of awards, and then they produced the latest one, Back to Shore, for me, and I say they because she met her partner, James Perella, in in that master's program, and they've been together ever since, so they've been together eight years. They now have a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah which so she doesn't play with me as much she always played with her dad she always played with me because he's a he's a performing artist as well um and and a visual artist but she wasn't interested in being a a performing musician she loves to play she loves to record but being on stage doesn't do anything for her got it and yeah not everybody's built for it and she, she enjoyed the camaraderie of hanging out with the musicians and that's who made her who she is, is touring with me since she was born, like all those wonderful humans surrounding her that were not just her mother. Oh, so, yeah.
0: What an extraordinary experience that was for her.
1: Yes. And I, as I say, I think it made her who she is. She's just so balanced and healthy. And, and Musicians, by and large, at least the ones in the kind of music that I play, are really wonderful people. They're just healthy and caring and kind and sociable and they they helped raise her really.
0: Yeah, isn't that, yeah. Sherry, what a wonderful thing to say. I wonder, mm-hmm. fascinating, fascinating. Now, and what does your sister, What uh, your sister, what does your daughter play? What instruments does your daughter play? She
1: plays violin and mandolin and guitar and piano. Basically the same ones I do. I used to play sax and flute, but I let those go. Um, yeah. And dulcimer. I have a dulcimer that I built that I write on from time to time.
0: And did she wish, did she gravitate to those herself or because she was around you? I mean, yes. did you intend to teach her these? these no,
1: I cared far more about my relationship with her. Then I knew better than to try and teach her myself. So she always she asked to start piano lessons when she was four, and she asked to start violin when she was five. And you know I won't lie and say there wasn't a lot of nagging. Like if you're not going to practice, there's no sense in paying for lessons. Uh, but I I saw literally when the light bulb went on in her when she was four years old and she was trying to learn something on the piano. And she went from not knowing being able to play it to being able to play it in about three minutes. And I saw this light go on of that sense of going from not being able to do it to being able to do it. And I think that has served her in her life ever since. She's fearless about learning. And I, I can't say enough about the power of music in that regard.
0: I think it's extraordinary. It sounds extraordinary. Yeah. Now answer me this. When you start, like now, I just saw your Mavens tour, the trio with the Mavens that you're doing. Is it that? Oh, I loved it, and the picture is fantastic. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. So, how do you you book these? So you book fests. I know you were, weren't you, at a music fest all this last weekend? When I tried yes, to yes, re- and, and yeah. as of as of today too,
1: yeah. So you'll it's, perform tonight. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow morning and tomorrow evening. Yeah. And the next day and the next evening. But not with the mavens. I the mavens. um, Lynn's mother was really ill. So she had to go back to Ottawa. And so I conscripted two women that I in this area that I love who are in the middle of raising kids and and you know had to do that that detour as so many female musicians do, um, but have stayed very productive. And two are, two of my favorite writers and people. So it was very cool to be able to say, do you want to come play this huge festival with me? And they were both, yeah, that'd be great. Fearless. I just loved it. So that's, I'm, I'm seeing them today for the first time in well, ages.
0: Well, see, you alluded to that. I thought, "What's she putting a band together today. I mean, the way, started, <laughs> oh, this, I can make time for you, but I have to, you know, I'm putting Yeah. This- so yeah. I've crammed
1: more music in the last uh, six months than I ever have in my life. <laughs> How
0: wonderful. Good for you, Sherry. Sure, yeah, that's it's fun. Ordinary. Now, answer me this Will you rehearse with them a little bit before tomorrow?
1: Very little. Okay. Like we just at the last minute, everybody was able to send each other tunes. I've been, uh, because I've been an accompanying musician all this time as well, and I, for 27 years, I've been hosting a song circle for the Songwriters Association of Canada. So I'm always there hosting with my violin and with my mandolin and with my ear for jumping in on a harmony. And it's actually my favorite thing to do because I have to be so present and it's only about serving the song. Like you cannot pull any focus, just serve the song. And that's been... Uh, the heart of a lot of what I do so it's like I wouldn't have needed necessarily to to hear their stuff but I love to have the harmonies actually strong and things you know elements like that that really make it a special show so
0: I think now that sounds amazing and I'm thinking when you were saying it Sherry the reason I was thinking that is that when you cook in kitchens and when all of a sudden they would have food festivals you would know people but not really know them do you know what i mean and we'd all get kind of stuck in a tent or a too crowded kitchen Cindy and i did one or two together and remember in one of them in seattle Cindy there were like 30 women and <laughs> we had like one stove and oh my god <laughs> it wasn't easy but and we had to put out all this food for two or 300 people but it actually all worked do you know what I mean? And it's just like I had asked you. We didn't have time to rehearse. Everybody just had to serve the food and get the job done. And it worked. Yeah. No All yeah. the background. No one had to see what was behind it. So it exactly. Like, no one knows the years of experience, you know, or the decades that you've been doing this, but it's a fact that's fascinating to me. So good musicians get on stage and they do their thing that great music and i
1: i will say too that i think the key is that if you're serving the song it's an egoless thing yeah you're serving the music you're not serving you're not trying to make people think oh isn't she great yeah and i think that. That's what allows that kind of collaboration if if there's an ego that pops up it skews everything and that's where there's trouble but i mean we all have confidence and we have egos but you know what i mean that's not what's driving our participation
0: i love it i so understand that now I read a blog post of yours that was talking about that there was a songwriter that you'd heard or a young woman that you'd heard, but then when you went, and we won't say any names and I don't know who it no, is. No,
1: I don't I, remember her name.
0: Oh, actually. good. <laughs> See, this is again, when you talk about wisdom at 71, I've been yeah. writing stories about my career. A lot of them involve celebrities because I worked with a lot of celebrities. Now, I've had one agent say to me, oh, of course we can use the celebrity's name. I've had other agents saying, you can't use the celebrity's name. Then in some of the stories, it doesn't matter if I use the celebrity's name. Do you know what I mean? The story is the funny part that went went on in the moment. Right. You know, the funny part is that they tried to cook. (laughs) That was the, but half the time I, I and I was ruthless and I had to take it out cuz a couple of times I'll say and I don't remember what show it was and I think thank god I'm 70 cuz I really can't remember anymore do you know what I mean i might remember much. the studio i might remember the color of the set i don't remember any of the stuff so how much trouble can i get in when my memory is failing now yeah. You wrote on this blog. I think it was your blog. It was hysterical. You said that you'd heard her music. You loved the lyrics. There was some, you thought it was lovely. And then when you went to her social media pages, there was a lot of duck lips and a lot of sexy pictures. I know, I know. Yeah. And that turned you off a little bit. And I was so proud of you that you were honest enough to say that. Do you know what I mean? Because, see, I have people call me you want to be on the pe- podcast or younger women that are just asking for advice that's a little bit different because they want to get a book published but then when I go to their website and they're cooking allegedly they're cooks but they have, <laughs> long, they have long fake hair on fake nails and fake eyelashes I think what kitchen do you work in okay <laughs> working in a Vogue magazine I mean I under It's changed. Certainly it's changed. I mean, you know, when I came up, you didn't, your hair was tied back. You didn't wear nail polish. You didn't have jewelry yeah. in the kitchen. I mean, these were just no-nos because you didn't wear tank tops with pushy up bras because yeah. that's just not what you did. So yeah. I feel like a dinosaur and I understand what's changed. But the other side of the coin is there's a point of do you really have talent and are you good at what you do or do you have to sell that? Do you know what I mean?
1: Exactly. I really wanted her to own her talent, which I thought was formidable when I I watched her concert. It was a live concert, and that's where you really know if if somebody's got it or not, and she had it. And I should qualify that the the photos that I saw, even my most liberal – friend best friend thought whoa that is way over the top and i think it's about them understanding why they are doing that yes Yes, they have a freedom to do that and they can do whatever they want um but they need to know why and and what their what the social societal pressures are and the social media pressures are and how that skewed it was so different than who she was as an artist. And I I felt like I wanted to go on this crusade and, and mentor these young female musicians to say, you don't need to sell with your breasts, or you don't, you know, be, be the artist that you are. And, and also be conscious of what the message that you're sending. Yes. And is that really want the message you want to send? And what do you want to get from it? What kind of attention do you want to get from it? And I think, it, you know, I'm the person who could give her this opportunity. And I, and most of the people who have the big opportunities are older. And yes. we didn't have social media when we were young, but I also wasn't dressing that way then either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's now accessible to see how a person is presenting themselves to the world through social media and that was such a definite turn off to me you you put it lightly my first reaction was oh i i don't feel comfortable uh, having this person on the stage. So uh, I don't think that's what she would have brought to the stage, but I wanted her to be more integrated in who she was as an artist and who she was as a person before I gave her that opportunity. So I, the quandary was, do I talk to her? You know, Do I write her and say, I just need you to know that this was how I reacted and, and just give it some thought about how you're putting yourself out into the world.
0: One of the most difficult women, that we ever, she wanted, she, she was one of the original, she came to LA, luckily I've forgotten her name, oh no, it just came back to me, Cindy, to her <laughs> two days to work on the show, she got a TV show, now this is classic, not a big network show or anything like that, but she, they, it, she was going to be on TV, and so the producer knew me, Sherry, and so he hired me as the culinary producer, because I think he had a feeling that she didn't, you know, didn't know a whole lot about food. She had a couple of great ideas, which is very common. And then you massage that hopefully into a, you know, a talent, into some talent, with some talent into a thing. So he had hired me and I got to the set and exactly what we're talking about. She was, they were trying out wardrobe. Now we were making, this is before vegan was huge. It was mostly vegan recipes. Okay, fine. You know, recipes to me, share your recipes, I mean, and they're formulas. So you can cook anything, do you know what I mean? So we, the only problem with vegan in those days, it wasn't as, you know, it was just kind of a lot of brown gunk in a bowl because she didn't have any. Mm-hmm. So Cindy and I, I got a few, I called some friends and I learned some more interesting things to try to teach her to make the food, you know, add some color to it, you know, blah, blah, blah. We understand what vegan is, but on your, your you know, brand muffin without butter or whatever can we put some strawberries chopped strawberries in let's di- let's doll this up not at all interested in the food but the wardrobe every top became sheerer and sheerer, and lower and lower and every time she'd come out I would say to the producer and she was pretty I don't I'd say I think when you're making you know the strawberry brand muffin in your kitchen <laughs> that's not how mommy dresses <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to. We need her to look
1: like. You know what I mean. They didn't slap a butcher apron over her and.
0: Uh, the and apron, there's your
1: wardrobe. those boobies, Sherry.
0: Okay, I brought aprons. Oh she my god! Long story short, when I talked to her about it, and I tried to be, I wasn't being motherly. I wasn't being. I was being the producer, just trying to say to her exactly what you. You just said, let's integrate, you can be beautiful and cook, let's integrate this into your persona. But, you know, if we put those boobs on the cover of a cookbook, Mid-America is not buying that, okay? They're not buying that. There's almost, I mean, in publishing, we used to say, she's almost too pretty. Do you know what I mean? Right. To play it down a little bit. But to make a long story short, she never went anywhere. The show didn't go anywhere. and I think mostly because she knew up so very, very little about food. But, and she was mean too. But the worst part was, she was mean. But the worst part was, is that, but that, and since then, so many people have come behind her and they all, you know, everybody's wearing like see-through tops in kitchens. Okay, so you know what? There was no stopping it. Yeah, yeah. There was no stopping it. I don't know who I thought I was, but I thought that, never mind. But it's an interesting thing. But I I would say to her later, you know, when I'd say this to Wolfgang Puck was an example, and this is many years ago. He got hooked up. He had several TV shows, some more successful than others. But one day, I was at the studio. I'd been hired by the company for as a consultant, but he came out and it was a big party, but they put him in a football jersey. Okay, because it was going to be like a tailgate party. And I said, you know what, I I, I, I don't think Wolfgang Puck wears football jerseys. They said, no, no, he was really mad about it. And so then when we talked about it, I said, "Don't, don't wear the football jersey. You're the most (laughs) well-known chef in the world. Put your chef jacket back on or just a normal shirt. And he said, can I do that? I said, if you can't do it, who can't do it? So, you know, sometimes I think very much you're saying people are pressured. We're pressured into trying to please others. And if we're selling stuff, we really think we have to do what other people tell us.
1: Absolutely. And you know, if I had just seen her Facebook page and hadn't seen her wonderful performance, which didn't have any of that vibe to it, yeah. i would have I wouldn't have thought twice. i thought I wouldn't have wanted to dive in and change the way she thought about how she presented herself. Uh, but because she was such a great artist and she's yeah. young and impressionable, and I know that when you're young, you do want to please people and you do go with whatever's going on. And there's no 20 year old that other than my daughter, who has never done a, a fish face photo in her life or shown any <laughs> cleavage. Uh, other than that, there, you know, that's what they're all doing. So, you know, we wore pink mohair sweaters. in, in <laughs> when we were in at and, Davidson and everybody and before,
0: had them mini skirts. Yeah. Pleated white skirts. Remember those? Oh yeah. My. God, actually, yeah. I loved my
1: pleated white skirt. Oh, me too. I love my pink mohair sweater.
0: I did too. Ginger <laughs> Tomlinson and I went to the store and bought matching mohair sweater. Ginger, oh, God. And then when we wore them in school, I think somebody, mean girl, said, You guys bought matching sweaters. Oh, I thought, You have no idea. And then after that, we didn't wear them on the same day.
1: Because- well, there you go. Because you're so, we, we're so impressionable at that age. That's all it took. So maybe she's impressionable enough for me to talk to her and, and it will have an impression. You never that know. Be, that would be good. But the, tr- the tricky part is you never want to make someone feel bad about themselves. No, that's right. Especially at that age. And so its language is so challenging to find exactly the perfect way to do that so that the information gets in, it isn't resisted, it doesn't feel hurtful, it doesn't feel shaming, it doesn't make them feel, bad about themselves because it's so hard to feel good about yourself at that age
0: yes i think you're absolutely right Yeah. now so where will this festival that you're getting these women together for for the next week and where is it
1: it is in a place called courtney slash comox on vancouver island oh, I off of it. vancouver so have you been to vancouver
0: I island vancouver island it's gorgeous
1: Yay. it is gorgeous that's where i am right now see okay. i'll show you where i am right now it's so beautiful oh
0: you sent me oh my god yeah vancouver island has a thriving food community sure that's what does it yes and producers of great wine great jam like vinegars there's a lot of small boutique vendors that's how i knew it and it's gorgeous now where where do you
1: live I live on another Island, which <laughs> is off of Vancouver as well, but much, much smaller called Bowen Island. Okay. And I've been there for 25 years and assumed that I'd just be there. We went there, my ex-husband and I went there when my daughter was three and uh, I've been there ever since.
0: And do you have She to... lives
1: in North Vancouver, but.
0: Do you have to take a ferry to it?
1: Yes. 20 minute ferry ride. I mean, that's my dream. I grew up on boats and so take a boat ride home is fantastic, I love yeah. it.
0: I remember that. And one of the CDs you sent me, you were in a hammock on a sailboat, a picture. I was in the spinnaker. One...
1: Oh, the I was sp- in the spinnaker, the sail of the yeah. sailboat,
0: yeah. It was such a fabulous picture. My father was a sailor. I grew up in sailing also and boating in San Francisco, Bay, right. Jerry. it's yeah. very fond memories. Yes, indeed. Growing up with that. All right. Now, here's another thing I want to ask you when you were kind enough to say you would share your story with it. People that listen to us, Sherry, are the most of the audience. And I didn't know as many men listen to us as I, you know what I mean? Sometimes all of a sudden I get a text message from men saying, (gasps) Oh, I love that! Or I never thought of yeah. it. Like that. And I think, wow! Right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Mostly, you know, the whole idea of women beyond a certain age was women in my age group. I mean, women that I that we get to us at this age, and there's so much. Hopefully, you've lived your life the way you wanted to. But if you haven't, there's no better time than right now. Do you know what I mean? I have friends. I mean, seriously, I just wrote I, a song called No Better Time Than Right Now. <laughs> you know who I got it from because I was reading your. All I know is that I say to people sometimes and I mean this. And I, it's like, I have no more fucks to give, Sherry. Do you know what I mean? If someone, once in a while, my husband says to me, oh, so-and-so want to have dinner with us. I go, oh, that's nice. Well, you enjoy yourself. And he says, don't you want to go? And I said, you know, if I've got 20 years left, I'm not taking four hours of it to go to dinner with those people. That's we true. have so many wonderful friends. There's so many great things I want to do. And I do them, but no, having dinner with them is not one of them, so give my- Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah it well, definitely affects your choices. 40 to set So then we found out when Cindy does the analytics, because of course, I don't do any of this. Cindy keeps the train on the track. Um, we have a lot of women that are in their 40s that listen to us, Sherry. So I'm assuming they're looking for wisdom or just stories of, of people that have lived a longer life. Do you know what I mean? That's what I assume. Or that if we can offer some insight into people, into... You know, I, one of my things is, Sherry's. I've made just about every mistake you can ever make. Sometimes, sometimes twice. Yeah. <laughs> I say I didn't, but I have. Because sometimes when I've made really big mistakes and I'm sitting there in the stew pot and I think, oh, shit, I already made this mistake once. I can't believe I made this mistake again. But then right. again, I talk, get out and move on. You know, I'm, I'm one of those. I'm a firm believer in moving on. Now, so when I got one of your blogs one day from you, the headline was, it's a boy. And, oh, it a yes. and of course I read it. I was riveted because I thought, my God, this is one of the bravest things I've ever seen. Someone that I knew directly do. Okay. You oh, wow. And I was so impressed. I still am impressed. And so would you share that story with people? Because Absolutely. And I, I do feel for some
1: reason that that's my lot is to share real stories. So uh, I don't know if you knew in, in my soft year, in sophomore year of high school that I disappeared for the first half of the year. And the reason was that uh, I got pregnant. I was 15. Uh, my boyfriend, Frank, and first boyfriend, um, first drink of alcohol, first toke of pot. He was quite the quite the life changer, that guy. Um so, I was my by the time I confessed it to myself enough to even go to our family doctor, I was five months so an abortion was out of the question. Thank goodness uh so I went to a Catholic uh, and one mother's home in San Francisco had him gave him up for adoption, and then of course, always wondered of his fate yes. when you're responsible for somebody on the planet, you just want to know if their life is okay and so that curiosity was so deep. I, I, I had a very rich, full life, so I didn't feel a, a burning need to find him to fill any kind of hole. But I was really curious. So one day after um, a visit from my favorite nephew, um, don't tell the other nephew that, though, um, I posted something on a reunion website with his birth information and a, a search angel in that world. Uh, they don't charge money or anything. They just swoop in and say, I'll, I'll help you if you want. And so I allowed her to. And by the next day, I had all of his information. My she, God. They were they were able to trace the original birth cert- number on the birth certificate to the adoptive birth certificate. Uh, so I wrote his wife an email because I needed to communicate immediately, but I wanted to give them some time to process. Yes. And about 10 minutes later, he called me. And his name is Mike McGee. He's in, in Eugene, Oregon, where I spent quite a bit of time in my, yeah. like 18 years old. Um, and really, I, it, not only did it solve the mystery, but we, my daughter and I found one of the most wonderful humans and his daughter, who was three at the time, she's off to university now, and his wife, uh, this whole tribe of people, adoptive mother his adoptive father, and in an instant we felt like we'd always known each other and it just tied together these loose ends that were that that had always been there in my life and it, it, it you know i know from so many people sharing their stories with me because of course i've written songs about it Yes. Uh, that it, it doesn't always have that kind of happy ending sometimes and that's why people don't look because they're afraid of what they're going to find and what if they want to close the door and they can't close the door so it's a gamble uh and i took it and i can't imagine a life without having taken it and without him in it
0: were your was were your parents still alive when you reached out to no, no.
1: No, my dad died when I was 10, but my mom uh, died about uh, mm-hmm. 10 years before that, nine years before that. Yeah. It was too bad because she would have loved him, and he would have loved her. Yes. Yeah. That- and his adoptive mom just passed away. So.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. I adored her. Everyone did. Millie McGee. What? Yeah. Sher-
0: Sherry, that's... See, most people don't, well, you said it. And there are so many reasons. And I'm certainly, I'm not being judgmental about people. that No, it's do. fear. You're, fear, fear.
1: Fear of the unknown, yeah. The unknown. And the stories that are heartbreaking to me, which come to me often, is that it, it'll be a mother, this person's mother or an aunt or someone who never told anyone yes. that the secret was so dark for them. and Or someone who found the person and they just shut the door and said, I can't do this. Um, That's kind of heartbreaking. And I circle back around. I do not think secrets serve us, period. I mean, sometimes, well, I won't won't go into the caveats, but um, generally speaking, I, I feel like we need to share our stories. We need to share our every, we
0: need to share. Yes. When, Sure. after I'd read that on your blog, and I loved it, and I loved the headline
1: on your blog, you read,
0: <laughs> and you wrote his age and everything, it was so, you handled it so well, it was so charming, it was so charming, and I was so happy that it was a happy ending. Since then, I cannot tell you at least three or four other girls that we went to San Rafael High School with have told me that they were pregnant at some point. Right. And no, we, I don't know how many abortions, I don't know that abortions in 1964, 65, 66, even though we kind of lived in a little wealthy enclave, do you know what I mean? I don't know how people could have found an abortion. Do you know what I mean? I don't know, Uh, I don't know. I know that um, people, you know, in in our generation, and that's why with the whole thing that's happening now, in Mm. women's right to choose, It's not about being pro-abortion. It's not about any of that. It's just a woman's right to choose. But as young women, oh, my God, you know, it's to have a baby can alter your life and not in a good way all the time. And people just it's so that's why when you were kind enough to say that you would talk about this, and I know you have and you've written songs, I just know that that is. This is huge. This is a huge, helpful hand to people. Okay. I
1: I hope so. It's, It's just unthinkable to me that this is the most important choice a woman would ever make in her life. The men don't have to make no, it. They do not. Um, they have a role in it. so the fact that they would dictate well, that's probably sexist of me to think it's primarily men, but that anyone would dictate whether or not you should be forced to carry through with a pregnancy and and raise a child or or give a child up. Um, you know, certainly in my case, I was kind of relieved that it was too late to have an abortion. and of, and of course, now that I know him, Yes, but almost. there was a we were very fortunate that they had very good parents. And, you know, I, we have friends that we grew up with who had adoptive parents who were evil. So yeah. it's not a given that you, no. if you give your child away, you're giving them a better life.
0: No, I agree. In California alone, there are 450,000 children in, um, in foster care. Oh, God. Now, we know that foster care is a system. The idea was great. Has it always worked successfully? No. Okay. So, yeah. and the, I, it's just, there's a whole lot of stuff. Your story was happy. When it happened, what did you feel like, Sherry? I mean, were you terrified? Did you have to tell your parents? Did you? Did your family react? And I say this because of I had a sister didn't get pregnant, but my oldest sister had a very unfortunate first marriage, but she ran off at 18, do you know what I mean? I mean, ran off and was gone for like five or six years. And the only reason I share that is that was a huge trauma in our family, do you know what I mean? And sometimes, I mean, it was because I saw the reaction of my mother and my mother mother was devastated and my father was angry, but my mother was really devastated and years later, when I was old enough to talk to my mother about it, I just realized that there's traumas sometimes in families that we don't even acknowledge or we pretend aren't happening, much like speaking to your point, nobody wants to bring it up. Right, right. In my case, it,
1: it was, my mother was a very practical woman. She was upset that I didn't confide in her, but I didn't confide in myself. I was in such denial. I was five months pregnant before I said, I think it's time for my annual physical. And he didn't even have to do a test. He just looked at me and said, you know, you're pregnant, don't you? Um, So that wasn't uh, she, she handled it in a very practical way. I remember her and the doctor talking about what my options were. My mother wasn't that involved of a parent. So for me. I felt like, oh, fi- my mother's going to take care of this. Like, th- So there was something strangely positive about that, that finally someone else was in control. And frankly, I don't know why I'm like this, but I'm definitely a, a half full kind of yeah. lemonade kind of gal. I enjoyed being pregnant. Mm. It, it was kind of magical. And I enjoyed being in the Catholic Unwed Mother's home because there was regimen and structure mm-hmm. and I hadn't really had that. So I, I pretty much thrived in that situation. Um, it was weird to give birth, but the parents weren't allowed to be there because of anonymity, like a- anonymity was the biggest yep, thing. Exactly. We were given different names. No one else could be allowed into the facility. That you know the shame factor was so huge. Shame factor, huge shame factor. Yeah, so that part was weird, and it was weird going through birth completely by myself. And I swear that the the nuns there was a little bit of okay, we're gonna make sure you suffer so that you suffer for your sins. I did feel there was a bit of that. Um, and I remember coming, my phoning home and my brother answered. And I, said, I was just so overwhelmed with how amazing it was. And I, I said, I feel so badly that you, you're never going to be able to give birth. <laughs> I remember saying that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was, it was hard and it was sad. But again, I'm so glad that my mother did take the reins. She didn't say, you have to give this baby up. She said, this is the best thing. Gotcha. And so allowed us to feel like we'd made a choice. Years later, when I found his birth father, he confessed to Mike on the phone, son Mike, that he felt like the family had railroaded him; that he had no intention yeah. of giving giving Mike up, and he yeah. felt like the choice was ripped out of his hands.
0: But I, he, yeah, he, hmm. you know, I'm sure a lot of men feel like that. I mean, I, I can't, yeah, I'm sure, there's a lot of fathers out there that for whatever reason, have felt like that. That doesn't surprise me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's the odd one who said, I'm raising the baby. It's okay. Have it. There's, there's a few out there, I'm sure. But that, that also you can say for the whole system that one cannot say you have to bear this child uh if unless they're prepared to raise them exactly you just cannot impose that on someone it's it's the choice factor it's a it's pro-life like pro-choice is pro-life absolutely yeah when
0: after i was at dinner with an old friend and all of a sudden i mean this is she'd been sitting on this for like 50 years and she said to me i got pregnant right at the end of high school and I said, oh, you know, I wasn't, I just, we were having like a glass of wine. I said, oh, honey, she said, I couldn't tell anybody. I said, I'm so sorry. She was just, she'd been sitting on that so long. So they, I wasn't the only the table. We were all a little stunned. And then we all just said, I'm so sorry. Do you know what I mean? We just yeah. felt so badly that she couldn't tell anyone. The other thing, as this has happened to other times, Sherry, is I thought maybe if we'd had some Sex education is terrible. maybe oh, you think. Maybe. Oh my god, I knew oh, nothing. I remember thinking it when like the third friend said this to me I thought Jesus Christ what I should be doing is wor- working on an outreach program. I hope it's better in today's society. I oh, don't it's definitely better. Yeah. Oh. Definitely.
1: But yeah, I knew nothing. I, I didn't even yeah.
0: Obviously I'd- the reefer madness, the one movie they showed us with the girl smoking the joint and the next <laughs> movement, or the next scene her bra was off, was not enough of <laughs> a for us. <laughs> bless us god bless us i I say this sometimes sherry and i say this to young girls and i mean it i said honey our minds were so filled with gobbledygook we were supposed to wear pink lipstick and we were supposed to have i i I, i'm not making fun of lipstick since i've never let go of it but i have been i mean there were so many things that girls were not supposed to do yeah yeah we but not, but did they talk about what the boys
1: weren't supposed to no, do? I
0: don't think I they did. They and that was the yeah. experience of it. And I say this sometimes too. And I have a niece that's just a grandniece. My two nieces, have, one has two children. Their kids are so great. And the little girl is, not a little girl now, she's a genius and a math thing. And she's so together. And when I'm eating with her, I think this is the generation that is just something to behold. You know what I mean? She's incredible. yeah.
1: Yeah, but I really I said, different.
0: Really different. And of course, both my nieces grew up with so many sports and later on in life, they would say to me, "Niece, well, you took ballet? I said, I took ballet because that was an acceptable thing for little girls to do. Mm-hmm. No one said, Denise, I see a baseball player in you. <laughs> I see a fullback. Yeah, there. I said, you know, yeah. it just wasn't an art. I, I say to people all the time, it was all gobbledygook. And I grew up, and I'm not complaining, but you know, Sherry, the fun part of my job—I just think of you being a female musician. Um, I know it's like for me in the '80s when I said I'm going to be a chef. People said, <laughs> "I mean, people literally said girls aren't chefs." I said, "No, no, no, women can be chefs. Well, they can cook at home." So you know, it's 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 a very different. Thank God, the world has changed
1: yes yes and i have never ever for a second felt anything but huge gratitude for having a life in music Absolutely. and you do have to be tough and you oh, do ah. have to to be I like, you have to be physically strong. You've got to have tenacity and all sorts of things that it bred in me that I wouldn't have had. I was so slothful when I was young. Just, I didn't want to move. I didn't want to, I just, (laughs) so uh, it just slowly over the years, and I have never felt stronger, never felt wiser, (laughs) and never felt like I had more to give and more to offer the world.
0: I know why I wanted you to talk to me today because I need some inspiration. Now, if people wanna buy your CDs, we're gonna put all your information up. Sherry, Cindy puts it all up when we broadcast it. You sent some beautiful pictures, a beautiful headshot of you and a darling picture of you and your son and your daughter, which is fabulous. And we'll put it- And the dog and the puppy. And the puppy. (laughs) Where do people buy your music? Well, they
1: can consume it, of course, in all the usual places, of okay. iTunes and Spotify and stuff like that. But, of course, we prefer, artists prefer they buy. Um, so it's all on my website.
0: Oh, gotcha. Uh, okay. Yeah,
1: it's all on sherryalrick.com. Okay. And uh, my daughter built a beautiful website for me recently that makes it very easy. And
0: I ship them off myself. And Good so for my you.
1: DNA will be all over it. I love
0: it. How wonderful. (laughs) Honey, I cannot thank you enough for this today. I know you're busy. Oh, I loved it. I know you have places to go. And what we'll do is I would love you to come back and talk to us again about, I would love to talk to you about being a songwriter. Oh gosh, there's a
1: whole Yeah,
0: there's lots more we can talk about. So many things we can talk about. You know, do you know that Craig's Nazelle, do you remember Craig's Nazelle from, um, no, okay. And I said, yes, (laughs) he went to Davidson with us and then his mother and father got divorced. So he ended up at um, the remember the boys academy, the military school, the military school. And then he came to Sarifel High School for the shortest period of time. But anyway, he's still a dear friend of mine. He's a singer, uh, not a singer. He plays, he's a musician, and in Portland, Oregon, outside of Portland. And he's done a few, uh, he does jazz. He writes. Oh, nice. And it's absolutely beautiful. So I know two people that are songwriters.
1: Well, there's another one who's a very, very famous uh, film composer whose name has gone out of my mind. Gene Edwards knows knows him and stays in you touch. Know what? And You're Gene right. and Ronnie and I get together at least every couple of years. Isn't that the best?
0: No. Yeah. And you know Nancy Carol Waxman, Diane Johnson Garcia, and Linda Urquhart, we call it the Big Chill Weekend, and the five of us go, what, go for a weekend Almost every year. Oh my gosh. We go to Sonoma, we just go into San Francisco. And you know what, it's one of the nicest things that's ever happened to me that we're still friends. Do you know what yeah, I mean? And yeah. So it's I, just like you and Gina. It's just it, that's the best part of Facebook.
1: Yeah. Having that history and it, being it, able to stay connected to those people
0: is pretty yes. great. Yeah. I your Facebook page, because I want to see where you're singing. Oh, <laughs> I love
1: it. I don't feed it quite as well as, as some of my peers, That's but okay. uh, life—it's one of those things where I think, okay, do I want
0: to go for a walk or do I want
1: to feed my Facebook page? I want to go for a walk.
0: <laughs> Honey, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your time, and I know how busy you are. I cannot thank you enough.
1: Oh, I feel the same. I love this. I love it. And I love all the success that you've had in the career that you've oh. had and
0: continue to have. You know what? I have another book or two in me. I haven't done anything about them, but I'll get there. You know what, Cher, sure, it's like you saying you enjoyed staying home. When all of a sudden I did quit running my business every day, I realized that that's all I'd done for like 40 years. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. real. Mm-hmm. And now I cook eggs or I watch TV in the day for an hour. I think, oh, I'm gonna watch that that Hallmark movie now, or I have my <laughs> glass of wine early, or I take my dog for a walk. I think, my God, this is I'm living. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Balance and everything. Thank you. Well, so much. I hope we get to talk again because it was you really will. fun. And thank you, Cindy, for, Cindy for um, everything. Y- your <laughs>
0: sweet face there through the whole thing. She does everything. It all work. Thank you honey all right safe. if people want to reach us they reach us at uh womendeyond at icloud.com if people want to reach out to sherry all her information will be on the site it always is cindy puts everything up so people can reach out to her thank you um thank you so much honey Be well. we'll talk again. okay you too thank you huh. thank you bye